Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Osbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 13th of May. Great to be here with you for the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with David Scott. How's it going, Scotty? I'm great. How are you? Oh, really good. Sounded convincing. You you sound like the iron ore price right about now. But, uh, <laughs> not so, not so uh, no tough at the moment. Uh, when I last just had a quick look, there was down 9%. So just joking with the net outside, whether it could be the, uh, the first time in history that we've seen a limit up and a limit down in, uh, in Dali and iron ore. But uh, yeah, pretty gnarly today. Yeah, and that has uh, had the, well... I guess the expected impact on some of those players in the metals and mining space here in Australia. Fortescue really getting hit hard by the end of the session, down by 4.3%. But if we're talking about getting hit hard, I mean, the, the, the overall equity index did get hit pretty hard today, down by about 1%, selling toward the end of the session. I don't think any real big surprise there at all, considering that inflation read in the U.S., which I'm sure everybody out there has had picked apart for them. You certainly would have if you were listening to Ausbiz live stream today. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's something that the market stood up and took notice of. Well, you've got to when it's three times hotter than what the mm. uh, what the market was expecting. And uh, I know there's a lot of people who are saying, well, if you strip out this and you strip out this, there's no inflation at all. Well... Not really. It was pretty broad, the, uh, the increases. Uh, yes, but you do it with every single inflation reading, then you'll always find an excuse not to go and do anything. It's hot. It's strong. There's a reason why it's going on. And the one thing that uh, I'm creeping, creeping into the, uh, the narrative a, bit, a little bit is it's all supply chain. Bollocks, it's all supply chain. Demand is massive. The reason why you've seen these huge prices and like increases for used cars and the like, it's because people want to go and buy cars. Yeah, it's also, though, because there's been a lot of shutdowns in the U.S. I mean, I know that the Cami, which produces Toyotas uh, in Ontario, in southern Canada, which exports a lot to the States, it's been shut down because of semiconductors. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that that's not a real influence on inflation, but there are... It's not... A, you know, it, it's, it is these bottlenecks that are happening. And, and Scotty, I mean, I was doing an unofficial poll on the channel today, but I swear pretty much everybody we speak to says it's transitory. Well, we'll see what happens. Not everyone thinks it's transitory. But no, uh, no, I'm not saying everyone does. I'm just saying the people that we've been speaking with, the majority say it's transitory. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong. But uh, the one thing I'll go and add is that, and I've written about this previously, is that you have 
monetary policy spigots going full bore. Yeah. You've got fiscal policy spigots full bore. You've got cashed up households and businesses. And you talk about the transitory effects. So you talk, look, it's a year ahead. So unless there's something really goes awry with the vaccine rollout around the world, the variants of, uh, of COVID really play havoc. You're going to have extremely hot labour market conditions. The economy will be growing extremely strong. Uh, in that kind of environment, I don't think there's going to be uh, no disinflationary forces coming through, quite the contrary. So I think that uh, there's probably a little bit of apathy and complacency as to what we're looking at. I'm not expecting a 1970s repeat of inflation, but uh, people need to be prepared that uh, it could be around for a lot longer than uh, what some think. And the Fed is telling us, don't worry, we've got your back. I mean, <laughs> just in terms of the ones who, policy, remember we've got our that, tools. Remem- we've got our tools that you hate so rem- much. Remember when the Fed was telling us about there was no housing bubble back in 2007? I remember those days. Yeah, yeah, I know. People, humans are very fallible, aren't they? And uh, we like to be comforted. And we, well, we're loving the monetary and fiscal policy stimulus that's coming through. I mean, it's a real question, mm. really, uh, you know, about the level of fiscal stimulus that's still to come through, not just in the States. You know, Biden has that you know, multi-trillion dollar package still to come, likely, although if we get these inflation reads, probably have to wind it back a bit just to get it through. But, you know, in Australia, um, we've got skill shortages. We've got the government spending big, no talk of budget repair. Um House prices looking hot, income support for house prices. We had a chat with Justin Smirk today from Westpac who was saying, look, these supportive measures to get first home buyers into the market are just counterproductive. And that, that, that interview, if you're interested, is up on the website. Um, as far as stock-specific moves, I mean, we did have a couple of companies out updating on the outlook. Grain Corp looking really good. Interim dividend as well being paid up by 5%. TWE updating investors. Uh, that was a long uh, investor day that was being held. It is talking about, yeah, replacing some of those margins that it's lost in terms of the restrictions for China with the North American. It's it's looking to expand margins up by 25% over the long term. Anyways, uh, its share price up by close to 3% and uh, ProMedicus was out with an announcement as well, signing another eight-year deal with the University of Vermont and its share price was one of the best performers on the 200 up by about 1.6%. But that sort of speaks volumes, isn't it? That one of the best performers was up (laughs) 1.6%. It was a bit like that. We won't talk about Parenti Global. (laughs) No. Well, we will because it was down by about 30%, zero off by 14 well, 13% by the end of the day. How I'm in the buy now, pay later space. Yeah, tech is getting schooled. Yeah, and that's because people are coming onto the uh, to the the bandwagon of where we might not be so transient with the inflationary pressures. You just look at uh, in, uh, measures of inflation, break-evens, five-year, five-year, five-year uh, break-evens, all of them suddenly going to hit multi-year highs, pushing higher, so uh, discounting the, uh, the value of future cash flows, and uh, it's hitting those growth companies in particular. Yeah, and... Um well, we had a bit of a chat about this off air, but still, you know, low volumes in the market. I, I know that I've been keeping an eye on deep data analytics and some of the work that Nathan Samasandram does there. Just talking about the fact that, you know, we're seeing week after week after week absent of any double digit billion dollar trading day mm. here in Australia. Um, and you've sort of put your head to the fact that, you know, it, it feels as if that exuberance that was through COVID, like a lot of that steam coming from mean stocks and new investors, as we call them here, Robin Hood traders. What do you think? Is the is the foot pedal off the gas, so to speak? Yeah, it's an interesting one. This has got a, it has 
the ability to have imp, uh, investment implications as well. And you can go and play this thematic. But uh, I think that uh, I've asked a few people around the traps. I'm not going to name names, but you know, people who I know have good understanding of what's going on in, uh, in the retail trading space. How retail traders are feeling right now, 12 months on from the pandemic and the lows that we saw back then. And uh, there's a great sense of frustration. Uh, people are getting frustrated that those easy gains that the, you just go and buy meme stock. You know, everyone was happy. Money was being thrown around because the government uh, was there uh, underpinning that. The Fed was underpinning it uh, you had nowhere to go you were locked down in your house all of those things are changing now and uh and gone are the days all of a sudden you touch upon what's been going on with some of the growth areas of the market really getting hit hard and i suspect a lot of those people are losing a lot of money a lot of them are using leverage through options trading as well uh, and i just wonder whether a few people are starting to go and, and move by the wayside and i think that we continue to have this correction phase and it's going to be a lot more tougher that uh, that whole story of the Robin Hood army and uh, a new uh, wave of day traders that are going to dominate markets for uh, for the eons of time, or it's going to be another cycle where it's boom bust and they'll disappear to the sidelines for another decade or so. All right, so that probably brings me nicely to Bitcoin. I mean, that's got to be the, the the international story of the day. Elon Musk backtracking, saying he will no longer allow Bitcoin to be used to buy Tesla vehicles, those EV vehicles, right? Well, he now says that uh, the production, the mining of Bitcoin is, well, it's very energy intensive. We knew that. And uh, that a lot of that energy comes from, you know, dirty emissions, dirty fuels like coal. Nice you learned that, Elon. Anyways, he's changed his tune when it comes to Bitcoin. Fittingly, today we had a crypto edition of the call I had to get my head around this one. How's it going to work? How are you going to do 10 stocks, 10 trades? Anyways, it's worthwhile watching. It's just worthwhile to see Koshi hosting a, a yeah. show about crypto. I didn't want to say it. Thanks for saying it. Um, so Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the, well, can I call it the stock of the day? No, let's just call it the the digital currency of the day. So we had two, two of the guys that we speak with regularly who are in the know about crypto and digital currencies. Josh Gilbert from eToro and Carl Kapulinger from Think Markets. Here's what they had to say about Bitcoin the biggest and best known one and it will therefore um, always have some value just for, uh, on that basis I guess looking long term it does have significant structural problems we've talked about the significant environmental impact uh, it's supposed to be decentralized yet the mining is highly centralized uh, and it is centralized uh, to, to the extent of about 60 percent in China in terms of the mining and the maintenance oh. of the network uh, that concerns me a little and probably concerns um, uh, the US and maybe other areas. Uh, history will show that Bitcoin uh, ends up being a little bit like a Nokia or a Blackberry, uh, where uh, it, it capitalizes on a great idea and then gets surpassed by some very, very good projects that come after it that are second, third and, so, and, and subsequent generations that improve on this, on this original theme. Sort of the benefit of it is, is it has that finite supply, you know. So at some point in the future, you know, we won't have any more. What, what's out there is out there. We've lost, you know, a huge amount over the years in terms of Bitcoin. Just you know, people wallets and things that can't be found. So I think that will be important. Supply and demand will will certainly play a big part over time. The what we've seen over the last few years is that institutional pickup, uh, which has been really, really important. So again, Tesla, for example, even though they're you know not going to be accepting it because of the energy supplies, I think that you know, recognition from the industry is really important. We're now obviously seeing Visa talk about it and you know the large payment providers, PayPal, of course. So I think we're adopting it into our everyday lives. So no, 
uh, that's not going into the portfolio. If it, there was ever the possibility, it would be. No. Nah. Uh, Scotty might have quit in protest. No, no I wouldn't have quit. But uh, it was funny. I had, had a bit of a chat. I won't go into the full details with Koshi after he came off. But I think some of the things that were said in that in, uh, that episode, I uh, know, did resonate with him a little bit. So yeah, you know, uh, I won't give away details either. But yeah, uh, maybe, maybe we'll suck in part Bitcoin, of Not Bitcoin. Just just to be clear, <laughs> if you get something in your inbox saying that Koshi is telling you to buy Bitcoin. It, it's it's spam. Uh, if you'd like another view on crypto in light of this whole, you know, this whole debacle, really, when it comes to Elon Musk, I mean, you've got to think. I mean, give him an inch, he takes a mile. But there's got to be some sort of breaking point for the regulators, you would think, when it comes to Elon Musk and his penchant, his penchant for... Yeah, funny. well, funny secured 420, and part of the settlement there was to go and you know, restrict the uh, use of social media. Now, he's just... He knows. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's enjoying it. You can tell he's doing it more frequently. Someone needs to step in. Law enforcement needs to be played. People are losing money over this. It's not a game. He's the world's richest man. He's throwing people who are mum and dad investors, young people as well. That's predominantly a lot what's on that share register. He's throwing them under the bus. All starts. All. Let me start again. All star charts. JC Parrots weighs in on Bitcoin and some of the other cryptocurrencies. You can access that interview via the show notes. And uh, also semiconductors. I mean, if we tie this back with inflation and what's happening around the Asian region in terms of equity market performances, look no further than the semiconductor story. And we spoke with Samuel Le Cornu at Stonehorn Global Capital Partners uh, in He's in Hong Kong, actually. Uh, he spoke to us about what's going on and where his conviction play is in the Asian region. So that's available via the show notes as well. Uh, there's been an absence of economic data here locally, and that's a pretty good thing considering we've had the budget, lots to chew over. We've got the budget reply coming tonight. So no doubt that will give us some areas. You okay there? <laughs> some areas of conversation tomorrow uh and uh of course we'll be digesting the economic data out of the states ppi jobless claims and a whole bunch of fed speakers yeah speaking of digesting <laughs> uh yeah the ppi will be interesting it gives you some uh foresight as to what you might go and see in the other cpi in a month's time so will we get back-to-back really strong gains well we know that there's going to be a 0.1 percent uh figure drop out of next month's cpi in the headline uh headline figure um, so it'll be interesting to see how the PPI sets up. Uh, we got a really hot number there. It's just going to fuel those concerns that uh, we're going to have more you know, downstream price pressures emerging in the consumer space. What that means for Fed policy, we'll see. Yeah, what well, tonight. we'll see what the Fed speakers say. I mean, they really did hold the line. Oh, oh I guess they're going to say it's transitory. Right? Yeah, you think? And they've got the tools, the it's, tools yeah, to do with it. Yeah, not they. They can't just go and like, reverse. Oh, uh, we're yeah. being mean. Well, not really, because no, let's be <laughs> honest. No, you can just say we can go and tighten policy. Yeah, it's not not, not the tool. Raise rates. <gasps> my oh my god! Don't want to spit the markets. <laughs> Toolkit. Okay, eight thirty-five. Keith Bliss is CEO of IQ Capital. Oh, my old mate Keith Bliss. Oh, good. Uh, he'll give us a really good wrap of whatever happens on U.S. markets tonight and weigh in on the eco data as well. We've got Greg Smith, head of research at Fat Profits at eleven. Robbie Cook, CEO of Tyro, will be joining the team of Startup Daily at 2. And we will be speaking with, uh, what's the last call already tomorrow? My goodness. Raise a glass. Yeah, Looking raise a glass. Oh, great. So we've got Grant Wilson from Accente Data, Nick Schoenmacher from Aberdeen State. Oh, the list is long. It's going to be a good one. Hope you join us for that. We will see you at 8.30 on the live stream tomorrow. Tell your friends about OzBiz.
We hope you do. And uh, Scotty, I hope you have a, a good night. Me too. I'm excited. <laughs>